What's up, folks? It's Matt Sells back with you for this week's NASCAR DFS podcast, talking about the Bass Pro Shops NRA Night Race at Bristol. Uh, as you may have seen in the um, Discord channel, Dan Malin is on some much-deserved R&R this week, so that means we've got back Mr. Ed Rouse. What's up, Rouse? What's going on, man? Yeah, I'm back again. Dan, uh, you know, get the guy some uh, R&R. He needs it, right? So I guess I'll step in today for this uh, important playoff race because this is the cutoff race. So there's a lot to talk about, of course. I think something happened yesterday um, with with some driver named Kyle Busch. Um, I was trying to follow the the Bob Pachras Twitter feed. Uh, Can you explain that to me? Because what is going to (laughs) happen? So... uh... So credit to Dale Jr. actually, who broke the news like three days before with the uh, with the famous emoji tweet now, uh, where he tweeted a bush, an arrow, and an eight ball. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, way to give it away there. <laughs> yeah, broke the uh, biggest NASCAR free agent news in with I don't emoji. know. At least it wasn't an eggplant and a and a sandwich or something. That's, That's true. It could have been. It could have been an eggplant. Um, so yeah, so Kyle Busch announced that he was going to have a major announcement on Tuesday, and given the recent major announcements that we've had from NASCAR, where it was like Tony Stewart announcing he was going into the NFT market four years too late, and um, <laughs> announcing that another drag may or may not get another race, that you know we all kind of figured that it was the free agent announcement, especially after Jordan Bianchi broke the news. Um, during Kansas weekend. But yeah, uh, Kyle Busch announced with Richard Childress that he was, in fact, going to the eight car next year. Um, so that kind of begs the question, okay, but you're not letting Tyler Reddick out of the contract. So what exactly is happening with Tyler Reddick? Richard Childress has said that they have a third charter. I do hmm. not know where it came from, hmm. uh, but they have a third charter. Which, by the way, I do want to bring this up because I find this very interesting, given okay. what's happening with Tyler Reddick now. RCR had a third charter when the charter system originally came out. They had a charter for the three, they had a charter for the eight, and then they had a charter for one of their other numbers. They have some other numbers. The most notable one is 29, which, of course, Kevin Harvick started in. Is there a 69? Because that would be nice. I don't know. But there is a 29, which I'm assuming is what Tyler Reddick is going to go to. However, the third charter was leased to the double zero of Starcom Racing, and then Starcom bought it the following year. Then when Starcom went out of business or got out of Cup Series, the third charter, that charter for Starcom, is now in possession of 2311 Racing, and it's what the 45 car, a.k.a. Kyle Busch's brother, currently piloted by Bubba Wallace, is driving. So I find this to be very entertaining. (laughs) So is this like that meme of the guy from uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia trying to figure out the... uh... Yes. (laughs) Okay, I got it. (laughs) Um, For, I think it was Charlie in that that, uh, gif, if I'm not mistaken. Charlie, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and his so hair's believe, all sweaty. He's like freaking out. Yeah, it's great. I believe that Tyler Reddick will be in the 29 next year. They say they have sponsorship for it. But then he's uh, leaving after next year. Right. So he's only with RCR through 2023, and then he's going to go to 2311. 
which I'm not sure if they stick him in the 45 or the 23 or they get a third car. I don't know yet. We'll have to find out. But I find it very interesting that RCR would find it um, worthwhile to purchase a charter for next year. Yeah. Rather than buy out Tyler Reddick and force him to go find another car for one year. It seems like what they should have done, to be honest. Because charters, I think, right now are selling for about $12 is what the rumored price is. Nobody knows for sure. But it had to be cheaper to buy out Tyler Reddick from his contract. Well, why not make it more confusing and more interesting for a 23? They also gave Tyler Reddick one-hour notice that he was not going to be in the 8 car. Oh, even better. And then they also... Randall Burnett, who is Tyler Reddick's crew chief this year, is now going to be Kyle Busch's crew chief next year. So they're just kicking Reddick to a whole brand new team. You you think that Tyler Reddick like walked to his car in the garage and there was like a pink paper hanging out? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's like, that, it's like the, the, the clip of the Jets guy trying to get back into the facility. <laughs> they cut him. I get it. Um, so, yeah. So I'm kind of feeling like I know it was kind of weird that Tyler Reddick announced a year and a half before he was leaving that he was leaving. But like, I feel like this is a bit dirty on RCR's part. Um, Doesn't everything involving Kyle Busch seem a little dirty though? I mean, a little bit. Um, There's a couple interesting twists to this too, that I find interesting. Um, The eight car is famously known for being Dale Jr.'s car. And Kyle Busch originally used to drive for Chevy, used to drive for Hendrick, and quit mid-race at one point when he thought his car was too busted to continue. The crew fixed it, and Dale Jr. actually hopped in that car and continued to race. Um, So, plus there's that little feud that happened between Dale Jr. and Kyle Busch when Kyle Busch wrecked him out at Richmond about a decade ago. Um, Yeah, so that, you know, kind of a little... Little interesting deal there. I also like Denny taking a shot at RCR with the last sentence of his tweet saying the timing uh, couldn't have been better because <laughs> CR famously said the timing couldn't have been worse when the Tyler Reddick news was announced. So I found that hilarious too. Yeah, uh, Denny Hamlin has some. Uh, he is a hundred percent on his uh, tweets on his trolling. Yeah, yeah, yes. but uh, but on on the racetrack right now. Uh, we'll see, but I mean, he's actually a good spot for the playoffs. Yeah, and 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 this week, I think he's the most expensive driver on DraftKings. He is, he is. So we'll go over a little bit of schedule here. Um, I am covering Dan for the Truck Series on Thursday night, so I will have a playbook out some point on Thursday, which will be later today, assuming you're listening to this when it first comes out on Thursday. Um, and then Friday, Dan will have some write-up of some sort for the Xfinity series. It probably won't be a full playbook. He is on vacation. The only reason I can't do it is because I have a concert that I'm going to. Oh, you got to say what it is. You got to say what it is. I'm going to see Kip Moore in a venue that holds about 1,500 people. Dude, that's going to be a lot of fun. I like Kip Moore. Yeah. That's good for your country folks out there. And uh, (laughs) so I'm I'm pretty excited about that. My wife and I love him, and we've been waiting a while to to see him, and now it's a 1,500-seat venue. So You guys have a blast. It'll be great. So that's pretty sweet. Um, I will have the cup playbook. I think it'll be out Saturday morning. It is a Saturday night race. Only reason is that 
cup qualifying in practice is Friday afternoon, so it makes timing a little tricky with the concert and um, and whatnot. So I will have the playbook out probably Saturday morning, I would imagine. Projections will be out Saturday morning as well. Fair enough. Um, so, yeah, so that's kind of the lay of the land this weekend. I'm sure we will be in Discord at some, you know, at the key times before lock for uh, for those deals. But, again, the contests aren't nearly as big, even for Cup Series. They've started to come down because football cuts into everything. Um, so don't go hog right. wild for stuff, especially in Xfinity, where every race seems to be a plate race. <laughs> They're designed to be or not. Yeah. <laughs> um and Bristol is chaotic to to begin with. So Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting, that's for sure. Yeah. So uh with that, let me ask you this question here, Rouse. You're uh, kind You're of right. a fight into the NASCAR DFS world, and we are glad to have you, but uh with this being a cutoff race, how are you approaching the drivers in the playoffs? Because remember, nobody has locked their way into the round of 12 yet because we had Eric Jones win at Darlington, who's not in the playoffs. Bubba Wallace hit. By the way, I had that in my uh, betting piece at 20 to 1 and called it on NASCAR Sirius XM radio about 90 minutes before the race started. Um, I listened. It was great, by the way. um, Thank you. So Bubba Wallace won at Kansas last weekend. Not in the playoffs. So there's two wins in the playoffs by two non-playoff guys. So everything's wide open this week. Yeah. Is that changing how you're looking at guys? Uh, I mean, it kind of has to. By the way, kudos to the playbook and you last week because it was also the, you know, week one of the NFL season. So, of course, I'm in on that as well. And I still won $250 playing DFS. And I didn't even check my lineup until way after the race was done. I was trying to, like, I was running to my office, watching the race was on the TV here in my office. And I was going out watching Red Zone with my friends and my family barbecuing. I was like, oh, Bubba won. I had him in my D- DFS because sales told me to. And sure enough, 250 bucks. Fantastic. Boom. Paid for my barbecue because I made some good stuff. But yeah. By the way, <laughs> checking way after the race ends is probably the best way to. <laughs> I realized uh, I, I realized that for the first time this season because it's the first Don't time. Don't ever has look a... mid-race. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Week one of the NFL like made it better. And like I just ran out into my living room, went, I won two hundred and fifty on my NASCAR. Uh, they're like, what? They're like NASCAR's auto. I was like, yeah. And Blady <laughs> is actually finished the race, so we were good. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, I'm kind of looking at the same that I have the, the last two weeks. To be honest, um, you you still have sixteen playoff drivers in there. And by the way, that uh, uh I was on what two weeks ago that. Bottom stack of the playoff, four dollar win. There you go. Boom. Yeah. So there you go. It worked. Four dollar win. Four dollar win. I'll take the two fifty, but thanks. <laughs> On an eight dollar buy. It worked, but no. So obviously the guys from the back, and I'm looking at pricing right now. Um, they're the guys for a GPP. Like I tell everybody, I only play the GPPs. And they're the guys I'm kind of looking at this week to kind of start my lineups because they have to win to get in, right? So we're looking at the standings right now, and we're going, okay, who is that? We got Kyle Busch, who's expensive. Uh, Austin Dillon, not so much. Chase Briscoe, Kevin Harvick. Kevin Harvick 
has had a rough playoffs after he was literally, you could literally say he was maybe one of the hottest drivers up until Daytona. And then he could have been the hottest driver. He could have won that if he didn't try to split the gap. And now he's like on the, the bottom of the pole here. I thought you were making a fire joke there. Cause remember he caught fire at Darlington. So I <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, that's what I'm saying. He was one of the hot. Okay. Literally he was the hottest driver. Until the playoffs, and then he was the hottest driver. And not by looks, but <laughs> so you kind of got to look at him at GPPs and his price and say, you kind of want to look at him because it's kind of or nothing type of situation. And he's sitting there with it, 8,500. So you got to look at, at those guys first. And then you got to kind of say, okay, well, they got to say the last two races, right? No playoff drivers have won. Right. So maybe everybody not named Bush, Dylan, Briscoe, and Harvick are going, well, I can just kind of coast this and, don't have to worry about winning. So, t- to be honest with you, it's kind of a weird situation in this. So, my strategy is going to be kind of doing two type of GPP formats. One where I kind of stack the the mid-range playoff drivers because I think they're going to be more aggressive. And another one where I may just take the coasting where they qualify of, of like the Blaney's, the Logano's, the Hamlin's, the Byron's, the Bell's, and then get some bottom Guys, even Wallace, you know, Amarola. Uh, I hate to say it, but Brad Kosowski. And try to, <laughs> yeah, you're laughing, I see you. And try to kind of build two different types of lineups and kind of pepper them in all my GPPs. That's that's a pretty, pretty solid way to start it. Um, I will say Kevin Harvick is the guy that has to win to get in. He's 35 points below the cutoff line. Um, the other three guys are within striking distance, right? So you got Briscoe, I think, is nine points below the cutoff line. Yes. Um, Austin Dillon is three points, and Kyle Busch is two points. So all Kyle Busch has to do is outrun Austin's, um, excuse me, Austin Sindrick by two spots. And and by the way, they're all within $300 on DraftKings. Austin Dillon, 77, Briscoe, 76, and Austin Sindrick is 74. Makes very interesting. Makes Stack all three of them. <laughs> I like, oh, I like two of them better than another one. All um, right, not the biggest Cindric fan at Bristol. Yeah, um, he's probably the weakest link of that. He's honest. been okay. Austin Dillon has run hot and cold here. Um, his brother, though, I do like as a budget guy. Ty Dillon has finished twenty first or better in the last like five. Bristol races he's run. What is Ty's price today? Um, probably in the six range, low sixes. Um, uh, I don't think he's in DraftKings right now. Let's see, is Ty Dillon in DraftKings? Oh, he, oh dude, he's fifty seven hundred. Heck yeah, I would take that. I will take that because uh, yeah, if you look back at the last six uh, Bristol races. You've got a finish of 21st, 15th, 20th, 39th, and 18th. So only one of those has he finished outside the top 21. And he started on average uh, 27.5. So you're looking at a pretty decent um, you know, position differential upside there for, for Ty Dillon. Obviously, this depends on where he starts officially for the race. Um, That's way too cheap, man. 5,700 is way too cheap for Ty Dillon. 
Yeah. I just scroll down. I'm like, well, there he is. He's not he's not exactly done a whole lot in the 42, which is probably why he's out of it at the end of the season and Noah Graxon will be in there <laughs> next year. Um, yeah, it makes sense. But, you know, for for certain pick-your-spot races, Ty Dillon is a, is a very good DFS option this week. Um, I will say that track history is going to play a pretty decent role in uh, my selections this week. Look, Bristol is a very tough track. Um, usually you don't win it very early in your career. It takes quite a lot of, um, you know, time and learning of the track to be good here. Um, We do want, look, everybody's going to run a ton of laps at practice. The track is a half mile long, so you're clicking laps off in about 12, 13 seconds. So people are going to, you know, maybe a little longer than that, I guess about 19 or whatever it is. Uh, People are going to run a bunch of laps at practice. They're going to run a bunch of laps. Like you're going to see people run 50 consecutive laps, even in the 20 minute practice that they get. Um, so, you know, times are probably going to be pretty decently close, but you are going to want to look at the guys that can carry speed over the course of the long haul. And I would not take terribly seriously the bush, the, the, um, dirt races here over the last two years yeah, because no. of the dirt surface. Please, please don't. Yes. If you um, do me a self a favor. And you're playing DFS, just take the dirt races out of this one. Let's go. Right. Especially especially uh, last year's dirt race because the second half of that race was single-file restarts, which basically handed Joey Logano the win. Um, though we could say that Kyle Busch is only in the playoffs because of the dirt race here at Bristol earlier this year. Um, also a so, true statement. So there you go. I mean, it's kind of my – it's. it's kind of my strategy this week is basically a lot of um it's going to be more heavily tilted towards track history than it is going to be what have you done for me lately because we've not run on a short track in a very long time and bristol does not compare to martinsville and it does not compare to richmond um it kind of sort of compares to dover sort of dover's twice as long but it is still the same concrete surface and pretty heavily banked um, so it's going to be a little bit of, you know, playoff urgency, and it's going to be a lot of track history for me in terms of how I'm setting lineups, uh, this week. Well, let's run through it this way. Let's do it this way this week. I know Dan's not here, so I'm going to say, let's do it this week. Let's take the tens, the nines, the eights, the sevens, and then below. Okay. Let's okay. go with the tens. There's five of them right now. Hamlin, Elliot, Larson, Bush, Bell. Bush Which one of those do you favorite. like the best? Which one of those do you like the worst? Kyle Bush is my favorite out of that grouping. Agreed. At Bristol. I mean, he's Agreed. dominated it. It may as well be called Bushdol. You've heard me refer to this before because he and Kurt Bush have flat out owned Bristol in their careers. Um, So for him to be the fourth most expensive guy in $1,000 less than his teammate mm-hmm. is pretty mm-hmm. surprising to me. Um, I'm torn between Larson and Bell as my next favorite, simply because Bell has had consistent Not, speed all year. Elliot's had, uh, well, it was an all-star race a couple years ago, I guess. Yeah, he won the all-star race and, you know, he's, he's done well. He's doing better at Bristol now than 
earlier in his career. And in fact, if you look at the last six Bristol races, he's third. Um, sorry, he is uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh in average finish over the last six races here. Um, 12.2, it's respectable, but he starts really fast and then he tends to go backwards a little bit. So um, I would say that Kyle Bush is number one in this grouping, then Larson. Like it. I like it too. And then probably C Bell. Hamlin's way overpriced. I'm not sure that I understand the pricing on Hamlin. <laughs> 11.5. That is stupidly overpriced. I feel like this is like four weeks in a row that I've not understood the, the pricing on Hamlin. Yeah. Um, I mean, you got to throw him in at least one GPP, but at least one. Like if you're playing 10, one have have Hamlin. There's there's no way you're paying 11.5 and getting any type of value from anyone else in that right, situation. Right. Yeah. It just like in fairness to him though, he's been 11-1 in three of the last five races. Each time he's been 11-1, he's put up 61 or more DK points. <sighs> However, <laughs> He has only led 28 total laps in those three races. Gee, oh, 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 yeah. And wasn't he the one saying that, like, on Alex Bowman and everyone, oh, I guess they just went at the end, and all of a sudden he's the guy that's doing that now? Okay, come on. Yeah, I mean, he put up 70 points last week, mainly because he started 25th and finished second. Right? Yeah. So there's an awful lot of finished position in PD there. He had 12 fastest laps, no laps lit. At Darlington, he finished second, started 11th, 22 fastest laps, six laps lit. Then at uh, Richmond, he was 11-1, started third, finished fourth, 36 fastest laps and 22 laps led. So, I don't know. But at, at Bristol, he's been okay of late. He's been okay. So if we get a top five out of him, great. But if he's starting like third and he finishes fifth and doesn't really lead a bunch of laps. Watch him qualify like 30th. <laughs> well, but now that everybody him. <laughs> because the track is so short that lap traffic guys can get lapped very quickly so you want to oh, be yeah. careful about getting guys who start too far back because their position differential can be capped because let's say for sake of argument that they start 32nd and you're like oh this guy should finish as a 15th place car okay cool but if he starts 32nd and gets lapped, and then the highest he can get is, let's say, 20th, because car 19 is on the lead lap, you've just cost yourself some position differential. And, and you know what? What you just said right there, I think, is a valuable lesson for everyone listening to this Fantasy Alarm NASCAR podcast right now, too, is you're going to have a high percentage of people who will see the qualifying numbers, and if someone, and it says Denny Hamlin, 32 they're automatically going to play just because they want those points. The you know, like automatically they're going to play him because they say, Oh, he's going to get a top 15. I'm going to get those points automatically. He's going to be high owned. But what sells just said right there is very important at Bristol. Very important is there's not too many cars on the lead lap at the end of the race. Let's put it that way. No, and, <laughs> let's, let's see if I can find out real quick. Exactly yeah. It's a, only a half mile people. I mean, so, guys get lapped very, very quickly at, at Bristol. It happens all the time. Uh, we do talk about this on short tracks relatively frequently because it is something to pay attention to. Um, let me see if I can find for you. 
How many lead lap finishers typically are in a Bristol race here? Um, let me click on, let's just click on the last one, which was last fall, which Kyle Larson won. Yep. And how many dudes, 19 guys finished on the lead lap in that race? 19. Out of a field that started at 38. So half the field did not finish on the lead lap. That's Bristol. In 2020, the last Bristol race of 2020, uh, six. Six dudes were on the lead lap when that race finished. By the way, everyone, he said six. (laughs) Now, I will say that there was a late caution. Um, and I think it yeah, was a I remember that one. cycle and it trapped some guys laps down, but yeah. only six guys finished on the lead lap out of a field of 40 guys. Um, and I'm not even including the fact that there was only like five dudes, one lap down. So I'm changing uh, my whole strategy right now. I know who the high owned guys are going to be when Elliot or Hamlin or Larson or Bell or, or anyone in this realm qualify 33rd or whatever i'm fading them now here's here's the interesting part about the the race where only six guys finished on the lead lap the guy who finished sixth was clint boyer who started 11th however eric jones who started 20th finished third all right that being said nobody that started outside the top 26 cracked the top 10 that go. was Michael McDowell, who finished 10th and was two laps down. There you go. I mean, that kind of tells you right there, right? I think we're on to something right here. I think whoever listens to this podcast, just got some. John oh, Hunter Nemechek. Gosh. Yes, he was still in the Cup Series in 2020. John Hunter Nemechek started 31st, finished 20th in that race, and he was three laps down. That's the highest finishing guy who started 30th or worse. That is... Dude, I think we're onto something right now. So just be careful of, you know, not going, oh, this guy's starting dead last. I'm going to get free position differential. It's not it's like not the, this is not the race to do that in. Now, we have seen a guy like Kyle Bush start 31st and finish fourth, but it's Kyle Bush at Bristol. So that's why he's already in my lineup. As we talk, I always make a lineup for everybody. He's already plugged in right there. And in that one. race, by the way, there were still only seven dudes who finished on the lead lap. <laughs> seven. Okay. <laughs> so. There's a trend here. Okay. There is like a trend. That, uh, <laughs> not that many people finished on the lead lap, generally speaking. Uh, 16 in the previous one before that out of a field of 37 guys. So, you know, that, that is one thing to be careful of this week is that just because a guy is starting in the back and he had really fast practice speeds doesn't necessarily mean that he's a free PD play because he's going to need strategy and he's going to need a little mm-hmm. luck to um, – because the other thing is you're like, oh, he's a lap down, there's 500 laps, he can make it up. Well, if the leader passes – laps another guy before the guy you need to move up passes a guy – your guy just lost the lucky dog. So if there's a caution, they won't even get their lap back. Man, we just, I said, let's go over the tens. And we just went through this whole new strategy, which I love, by the way. So I'm rethinking mine yeah, as I'm making this lineup right now. I don't know how right got now. on that talk, but it, it, was, it, it was helpful. So let's move is, on to the nines. Oh, 
But, okay, there's four nines. There's four nines. It's uh, Redick, Truex, Logano, and Chastain. So three yeah, are playoff Automatically drivers, avoiding Ross Chastain. Automatically avoiding him as well, yes. I'm sorry, but the guy, discussion. he has not been good. Until, like, he was good at Kansas. Okay, congrats. It's the first time in two months you've been good, and Kansas is not comparable to Bristol at all. Not in the least. I'm uh, not going to play Truex at 9,700 either. And by the way, for those of you who do are curious what the heck Ross Chastain did in the uh, dirt race, he started 33rd and finished 33rd. Well, that was Not the dirt race really compares, but you know, let's let's just say something happens where Hamlin and Chastain are 15th and 16th towards the end of this race. Hamlin's taking them out. Yeah, I'm not touching any of those guys. I mean, let's put it this way: if Hamlin's current teammate Kyle Busch is close to the cutoff line, and Chastain, who by the way is ninth right now, so and Hamlin's all pretty much guaranteed. To make I mean, Hamlin job. is Hamlin's good. Yeah, he's 47 yeah. points above. He's like, yeah. all he has to do is basically start the race and he'll be fine. Yeah. Um. But Chastain is 26. Will this be the Chastain revenge on this one? That Hamlin talked about? No, I don't think so. I think if, look, if Chastain makes it, then it comes next round because he's sitting at the bottom of the Oh like yeah, sitting in the cutoff area for next round. So that's fair enough. It would be it would be the next round. But of those four guys, I'm definitely avoiding Chastain. Um, I'm I'm also avoiding Truex too. I just for that price, not not in the playoffs. Ugh. I mean that hasn't stopped non-playoff drivers. Yeah, but at this route, he's just helping his teammates, and I don't. He's not going to win. Yeah, he's also I mean, had some terrible luck at Bristol previously. Like he did finish seventh last year. Yeah, but he's had some bad luck. Um, Reddick's interesting, but he is. He I is. would take Logano, I think, in those nines over Reddick. But Reddick's interesting because, yeah. he, like, you know how he's going to react to what happened this week. So, to be honest, I'm probably fading all four of these nines. But. If I had to, I would Logano, be. I would Reddick, be fine playing Truex, Reddick and Logano. I'm going to avoid the other two. Yeah, shall we? Shall we go to the eights? Um, well, we can skip the top eight because we already know you're playing them. It's Ryan Blaney. <laughs> He's already in my lineup, actually. Then you got Byron uh, <laughs> at 8700, Harvick at 85, Harvick. Bubba, Bubba. Uh, Bowman. Bowman, and Suarez at eight even. Oh yeah, Suarez too. Yeah, I'm not on Suarez on on Bristol. I, I just, uh, it's a good price, actually, but just not playing him. Obviously, Blaney does have good history at Bristol. He's pretty much all he has to do is just finish the race to make the, the next round, though. Uh, See, but that's been the problem for him at Bristol. Like, he's been very fast, and then he runs into something that's not his fault. He, well, okay, at Bristol, you're talking about Blaney's career. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yes, this is a microcosm of his career, basically. Um, but, yeah, I'm fine playing Blaney. He's been quick. Um, he ha- he did finish fourth in this race last year. He's got, in the last six races here, he has four top tens. Uh, GPP, and, I, and he's going to be low-owned. 
unless he, he qualifies like 30th, then it'll be high owned because we talked about the PB earlier. But right, if he qualifies like 15th or like higher, he's going to be low owned for a GPP and he can get top five easily. Get you your what five times value back on that 8,900. Yeah. Kevin Harvick is a weird one. Yeah, I don't know how he's going to react to this. Like, it's a win or nothing, right? Right. So the way that changes his strategy is he's foregoing stage points. Yeah, he doesn't get Right? Care. He doesn't yeah. care. So you're going to see him pit before the end of stages, if depending on how the tire and, and um, fuel mileage go. You'll probably see him pit with two to three laps to go in the stage before uh, pit road closes. And so he'll start. Like, you'll be like, oh, the stage is about to end. Why the hell did he drop back so far? Well, because he's going to start up front at the beginning of the next stage. Because he's jumping the line. He doesn't care about stage points. Those won't help him at this point. Yep. Um, even if he finished first in both state in both the first two stages. Wouldn't matter. It's 20 points. He still needs to outduel Austin Sindrick by 15 points and hope he doesn't get any stage points. So that's... Not really going to help him. So he's winning. He's in. Harvick did win here last year um, or two years ago now, I guess. Not last year. Yeah, two years yeah, ago. two years ago. But, but that's when he had yeah. his immaculate run when he won, like, what, 11 races that year, though? And he was, like, the, the number one. Yeah. He hasn't been the same Yeah, that was, that was his, like, remarkable season. Nine wins, I think. Um, also, the, did, also the pandemic season, too. Yeah, he did finish second here last year in this race a year ago when he finished behind Kyle Larson. So, look, I, I thought he was fast last week. He got caught up and had an issue. Um, that's two weeks in a row that he's had stuff happen to him. I still think the price is reasonable at 8500 Um And you may actually get some leverage on the field because I think some people might be done with him for finishing in the 30s the last two weeks. Yeah, I think so, too. I, I, but I, I honestly don't know. I mean, I don't feel great about Bowman here. He he always is no, okay. No, no. What about Bubba? I, I think his season's done. I think he's... He won. His season's done. He did all he needed to do. Win a race, not rained out. And he is done. I'm not touching Bubba Wallace with a... 40 nope. foot pole this week. Not he at all. He doesn't typically do all that well at Bristol. Like he's done okay. And I, I, I know, I know this is the best equipment he's been in. And Kurt car usually does well at Bristol, but that's because it's Kurt, not the car. Cause Kurt does well. Regardless they still the are in line for the, the championship. Yes. The, so the team. Yeah. Which playoff. brings a lot of money, but mentally, the dude just won his own championship. He won a race without yeah, I mean, being rained out. That team partied for a while. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I saw a lot of that on Twitter. Like, I follow some of those team guys. Um, which they should. Look, I'm not telling them not to party. Hey. Uh, but that's going to have a that, – that may have an effect on, on the race <laughs> um, this weekend. So – uh, yeah, I'm probably off on Bubba this week. That was like the, uh, you know, the every, every blind squirrel finds a nut. <laughs> Byron's been fast. I just don't know how to read him at, at Bristol. He's going to be a quiet, sneaky 
um, play this week. I think he's gonna be really low owned. He's a playoff driver. Um, he did finish uh, third here last year. I I think he finished. I love him as a GPP play. Yes, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, as a GPP, I don't think anybody's gonna pay attention to him. Yeah, he'll be he'll be low and he can get top five. Um. So that's that's basically how the eights play out for me. Let's go to the sevens, shall we? Yeah. And, and then we'll just do the rest real quick because there's yep. not much there. Um, okay, we're going to the sevens. Yeah. Your boy, Eric Jones. I do like him. <laughs> I do like him this week. He does run very well at Bristol, typically. Austin Dillon. So my daughter's favorite driver. Okay, so that's why we should put him in our GPPs right there. No, I mean, she puts him in there every week. I let her play lineups. <laughs> she makes the same lineup every single week. Here, um, here's my favorite. Okay, go on Austin to Dylan real quick because everyone, he's interesting and he has a show. So what do you feel about Austin He has finished top 15 in five of the last six races at Bristol. Interesting. He okay. has finished 13th, 14th, 34th, 6th, 12th, and 15th. So you've got 12, 13, 14, 15 in four of those races. Um, the only downside is mm. he only moved up a couple of spots in each of those. So at the right price, uh, 7,700. need him to move up that much to hit value. So 7,700, depending on where he starts, I guess. But even at that. He's going to need 37 and a half DK points to hit 5X. Oh, I don't so, think he hit that, dude. I don't think he's going to hit that. So let's see what he averages. I can tell you what he averages. Um, well, he, well, he's only hit that 29, once in the last five races. <laughs> so. 29.3 DK points is what he averages over the last six Bristol races. However, that does include a race in which he finished 34th and started 19th. So you've got a lot of negative points that are weighing it down. Um, but it might be, might be tricky for him to hit five X. Okay, good. I'm glad we're over the Austin Dillon talk. Shout out to your daughter. Uh, Chase Briscoe. Talk me off of him as a GPP play this week. So you're on him because he needs to do well to keep going in the playoffs, right? Yes. Okay. What if I told you I was on him because in his one lone cup appearance, he started 20th and finished 13th? Okay, I'll take that. What if I told you he's in my lineup I'm going to give to the people later and already was in because I've had a GPP under 10% owned and has a, I just have a feeling he's going to have one of those top 15 finishes to get value. From right there, I I love him in this race for a GPP. You know what? Put it on your playbook as the Rouse special. Chase okay. Briscoe. Put him in your GPP lineups. He's gonna get win you money this week. Noted. I'm trying to see what he did in other short tracks. I know I just said we can't really compare short tracks, but it's he, well, he Dover at Dover. He did start 23rd and finish 13th, which was I'm, good for 40 points. I'm telling you, Chase Briscoe is a sneaky, sneaky GPP play, and he was one of the first people I even put in my lineup today. Like, and if you look at his Xfinity record too, when, when he was battling out with Cindric for the last two or three years, he would get his points in the shorter tracks. Well, obviously Cindric was a better road course racer and 
right? And that's why we're off of Cindric because he's not a short track racer for this race. That's how they kind of yeah, battle um, each other with points. Briscoe's Xfinity record here uh, in the four Xfinity races he ran, his average finish was 2.3. Bob's your uncle right there. The only guy that beat it, Tyler Reddick, in two races put up an average finish. Okay, okay, okay. okay. In two races, though. But yeah, in two races. Tyler Reddick, yeah. Bob's yeah. your uncle right there. Chase Briscoe, the GPP play of the week at 7600 guaranteed five times and guaranteed. as a comparison austin Sindrick in five races had an average finish of 10.4 which isn't terrible um but no wins three top fives four top tens um mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yeah i will say that Sindrick did lead more laps in the xfinity series here than briscoe did what it's worth but I do like Briscoe more than Cindric this week. I love Briscoe. He's he's one of my favorite plays. He'll be low owned, unless you're listening to this podcast that'll be high owned <laughs> because you just heard everything we just said. Loved him all day. Love him still. Finished up my lineup. We we should talk about the below. <laughs> um, yeah, seven thousand. But I no, actually none of them are in my lineup this week. So we talked about Ty Dillon. Um, oh, wait, I'm sorry. Ty Dillon is already in my lineup because we talked about it earlier. So one of them is Ty Dillon. There you go. But, yeah, man, it's hard to get excited about anybody in that range. It really is. It's not a Gil- It's not a Todd Father week either. It's not. Last week was a Todd Father week. This week, not. Yes. I just, let's uh, get that off the table right now. Sorry, Dan. Rest, you know, have fun. R&R. <laughs> uh, but... <laughs> um. um you know, yeah. you're going to have your, your uh, Stenhouses. No, so that I did your... want to talk about Stenhouse. I know. Okay, there it is. Okay, Not I because I necessarily want to play them, but because there's a weird streak happening here with what? him. Crash on, crash off. What is it? <laughs> so in the last six races, his average finish is 30.7 at Bristol. Oh, God. Not great. Not great. That's not even... No. Mediocre. That's straight no, trash. It's it's terrible. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's terrible, right? Um, here's the interesting part, though. If you go to the last 10 races, his average finish shoots up to 21.3. Because in the four races, so in the last six races, he has finished 24th, 33rd, 33rd, 34th, 40th, and 20th. But in the four races prior, he finished 2nd, 9th, 14th, and 4th. So my only problem is if he finds that mojo, he's going to do well. But <laughs> it has been a very long time since he has found that mojo uh, here at Bristol. And in fact, his average run position in the last 10 races here is 21.1. So mm. it's mm. not not not, not for that price. Not for 6,800. Not, not, not ideal. But let me see what we can uh, scrounge up here if I go back to the 2016 and 20, 2014 through 2016 races. We're going back in time, people. We're going yeah. back in time. Stenhouse in those races, <laughs> in that six-race grouping, had an average finish of eight and a half. So you're saying there's a chance. 
That, by the way, led the field in that period of time. Now, the cars are completely different. <laughs> He's totally different. The teams are different. A lot of stuff is different. But if we get a clean Stenhouse, it could be a magical day. Can I say it? Can I say it? Yeah. If you play Stenhouse, you are high. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes it's good to you go are high. you are high you which means high he's high. not gonna wreck and he'll actually do good because he's like the my, yeah. my kryptonite of, of here's, DraftKings here's plays. the other tiny little sliver of thing that's intriguing me about stenhouse we harken back to dover which i said is kind of sort of comparable because they're both concrete high bank kind of kind of sort of is always good so okay. yes well, because Dover's a mile, Bristol's a half mile, the banking's yeah. a little different. It's close. Right? Uh, Stenhouse did finish second at Dover. He started okay. 15th and finished second at Dover. So, there's a little sliver of hope. Is Stenhouse going to be in your playbook? I can't guarantee <laughs> right now. So let's move on. <laughs> because if he runs real, if he qualifies oddly, then yeah, he's probably going to be in the playbook. Um, what, mostly what's... because people are crapping all over him this week. So I think there might be leverage here. If Are people really if... crapping all over him? Yeah, I've seen a bunch of tweets like Stenhouse sucks in the last like five years here. Just don't like... Which is true. It's factually accurate. He has sucked in the Which last... means the guy that wins no longer a million, like the 500,000, is going to have him in his life. Like, that's the way it always works, right? I'm still not touching him with an 18, 19 million foot pull, but right. it's the last time I told somebody to fade, fade a driver, Kurt Busch won Vegas. Oh, God. Yeah, that was rough stuff. Like, he just statistically never did well at his home track. And then all of a sudden, he figured it out one weekend when I told everybody not to play him. All right. Let's get off the wrecky Ricky uh, situation. Anyone else? Busher Keselowski. I mentioned him earlier as a weird GPP play. I may have him in one of my ten or yeah. 20. I mean, those guys are intriguing. Obviously, they're roughly the same cars. Um, yeah. I mean, they are. You know, Busher and Keselowski are teammates slash owner teammates. Um, I I don't know. I mean, Keselowski. It's impossible to compare what he's previously done here because I was in. Cindric's current car. Um, yeah, that's true. But they were they were good. I feel like he can just hang out and get like a top fifteen, and that might be. That's what I'm thinking stuff. too. That that's why Keslowski at that price of sixty four I like, and then I feel the same way. But he's also burned me this year. Like I'm like like yeah. it's Keslowski. He's a good driver. But just but yeah. just it's just not good equipment. It's just not the same equipment that he's used to driving in. So. It kind of throw me off, which means he'll be like, what, 2% owned, and he'll probably get a top 15. So I'm going to put him at least one of my GPPs. So I'm yeah. Saying, I mean, where you're one. looking for leverage plays, like, hey, if this guy hits, then my lineup goes from good yeah. to phenomenal. Right? And, and all these drivers in this tier, him and Ty Dillon and Chris Busher, and, well, we're not going to count the dinger, but they're all the best qualified drivers at this price. So you got to play that what um are you doing with custer i'm not touching custard I, i'd rather have ty dylan one 100 less than cole custer this week really 
What is Cole? What has Cole Custer done <laughs> since he won that race as Rookie of the Year, where he just won in the last lap? What has he done? You want the answer to that without me cussing? Jack crap. That's why he's literally sitting here at fifty nine hundred. I mean, that's true. It's facts, well, my I... friend. It's facts, sales. It's facts. He put up a top fifteen at the dirt at the Bristol Dirt Race, which again, dirt, sure, okay, whatevs. But he did start on the pole, and they had qualifying. He started egg, thirty of the Dover. Eggplant emoji. He started 30th at Dover and moved up to 15th. He has had three top 16 finishes in the last five races. Sure, one of that was one of those was a road course, which he's been better at. One was Daytona, but so that counts. <sighs> that was sarcasm, people. Uh, I don't know, man. I'm just trying to like see if we can find the the guys that nobody is. It's Ty like, Dillon. It's it's Ty Dillon in this price. I mean, everybody's paying attention to Ty Dillon. Though, is the problem. Okay, if you were to go off of anyone, I gotta ask you the question again: Is Cole Custer going to be in your playbook in this price tier? No. Okay, so then come on. What has I, the man done? I mean, it's if, if he is, then I'm writing the playbook at like four o'clock in the morning, and I'm sleep deprived and drunk. <laughs> happened, wow. Well, I've not written it drunk, but I have written it sleep deprived. Okay. Um. Yeah, man. I look the rest of the guys. You could take a stab, and somebody is gonna crack a lineup somewhere. But yes, there's dude. no confidence in anybody below. No. And this is the first week all year that I'm not on Todd Father either, which sucks because I've been taught. I've, me and Matt have been on Todd Father all year, but this is not the race for him. Unfortunately, not a good short track guy. Yeah. Also, the leap from the truck series to the cup series gets felt pretty good at Bristol because yeah. the speeds are just so much greater. The G forces, the not to mention it's a 500 lap race. Yeah. No, it's, it, it's, it's, Trucks aren't even running anywhere close to that. Yeah, it's it's a uh, Bristol's no joke. It's a tough race. It's not easy by all means. No. <laughs> Ironically, though, it used to be Clint Boyer's best track, and I and I jokingly said that's because you could click off laps faster than his attention span disappeared. <laughs> so true. Uh, shout out to Clint Boyer. <laughs> yeah, hope all, right. all, hope all is well with you and yours. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so so look, that's gonna wrap up the pod this week. What? What? Well, I haven't given my lineup. Oh, right, that's right. The Rouse special. The Rouse, um, after yeah. everything we've talked about for the podcast for for Saturday night under the lights at Bristol, here is my lineup. No surprise, number one, Brian Blaney, Ty Dillon as my. Underpriced, low-priced, uh, get-everyone-in pick of the week. Kyle Bush as my high-priced player. Kevin Harvick and William Byron in my GPP. By the way, this is a GPP lineup. So if you don't win your double-up and you play this and you start yelling at me at Discord, Bob's your uncle, I don't want to hear it. So Kyle Harvick, William Byron, and closing it out is my 
play of the week, Briscoe. $100 remaining salary on DraftKings. That's Blaney, Ty Dillon. Don't get it. Not his brother. Ty Dillon. Bush, Kyle Bush, obviously. Harvick, Byron, Briscoe. Boom. $100 left. I'm putting it in right now in the 200K engineer, and we'll see what happens. That's a pretty solid lineup. I like it a lot. So I would we'll come up with good lineups after we talk, talk for an hour. Yeah, I should be, you know, selling this, like, the fantasy football advice app where you could sell, like, 15 minutes of your time for some amount of <laughs> it's like, what? Uh, Patreon. You, you got to get on Patreon, sales. Let's let, Let's do that. That is a discussion for another time. Um, <laughs> I didn't say OnlyFans. I said Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's paying for OnlyFans. Um, so that's going to wrap You'd up. You'd be surprised. The, the Bristol uh, Night Race podcast for this week. Uh, once again, we will have coverage for the trucks out on Thursday. I will have that playbook for you the first truck playbook from me all season so hopefully it does well um mainland is going to have something out for xfinity i'm not sure exactly what it will not be a full playbook it'll be some sort of write-up and probably core play uh and then i will have the cup playbook out probably as early on sunday uh, on saturday morning as i can possibly manage um and then projections out about the same time as the playbook so that should give you a full Saturday to build lineups and whatnot. So uh, with that, we will see the chaos unfold at Bristol as four guys try to save their seasons at Bristol before uh, we turn it over to, what, is it Vegas next week? Oh, don't put me on the spot. I, I think it is. Um... Is it Vegas or is it there was another... There's another mile and a half. Or is it Texas? I think I have the schedule from last year. I think it's Texas. It's it's Texas. It is Texas. Texas. Vegas is the next round. Great. Uh, So we get a boring week next week. Woo! Yeah! (laughs) But luckily with the 2023 schedule, they seem to be cutting Texas out of the schedule as much as possible. So hopefully, hopefully they just continue to get rid of it and then it gets bulldozed and turned into some condominiums. Um. That is enough rambling from myself and uh, Mr. Rouse this week. We will be in Discord. Uh, I'm sure we will find a way to get Mr. Rouse back on one of these podcasts, at least um, at some point during the rest of the season. I'll be here. Uh, I, I want I, I want a threesome, though. I want I want the Dan sells Rouse experience. You want the full experience? We got to pay. Yeah. Extra for that. <laughs> yeah. Holy fans. <laughs> <laughs> so with that. We are honestly signing off. Uh, Good luck, FA Nation, and we'll see you in the green.